Thanks for joining us for season three of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as your finance guy, and I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the restaurant guy. Thanks for the introduction, Jimmy, and to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind Branded Strategic Hospitality. We work together at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. Uh, Jimmy, before we get started today, I've got some exciting news to share. I think I share this on every podcast, and there's going to be a time when I'm not sharing this news, but it is still news. We have officially launched the branded hospitality marketplace, Jimmy. Tell me more. Yes, I'm going to tell you this because it is big news. Uh, The marketplace is an e-commerce platform that we launched a little while ago. And it provides best-in-class solutions in technology, innovation, professional services, and suppliers for the entire spectrum, the entire spectrum of the food and beverage industry. It is built for operators by operators. So when you have a chance, go check out thebrandthemarketplace.com to learn more. If you want to email us or contact us, you can do that at marketplace at brandstrategic.com. Go check it out. We've got hundreds and hundreds of suppliers Thousands of operators have found great solutions there. So I urge you to go onto the marketplace and check out some of the greatest solutions available to our brothers and sisters in the hospitality industry. I like that, Chats. And, and this is the moment where I usually uh, p- uh, play dumb, which is uh, certainly uh, not a stretch, not a stretch. I, I can do that. Um, where I play dumb and pretend I don't know about this marketplace. And, and the truth is I am thrilled with the reception we're getting from operators and actually all the various people that sell in the industry um, that want to create this community. So I'm excited to hear. Uh, excited to see how it moves forward. But okay, let's jump into things. Uh, we are excited uh, about today's uh, episode. Our guest on the Hangout today is Mr. Stephen Sperry, founder and CEO at Minnow Technologies. Um, and this is when um, my, 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 my quarter percent attorney self wants to disclose to all of our subscribers and listeners and friends that Branded um, is, is thrilled to be not just friends with Mr. Sperry and his team. Uh, we are also investors in Minnow Technologies. Um, and actually, I'll go one step further and say I sit on uh, Mr. Sperry's board. Um, so Jimmy, I don't even think you're allowed to be on this podcast. I think it's a conflict of interest. It's not a conflict of interest. In fact, I want our listeners to know we're going to have a great time talking to Stephen and about how much he and his company are allies to the industry and how they uniquely sit at the intersection of hospitality and and real estate. And I'm clearly taking up Mr. Sperry's time right now. But our disclosure about the investment and the role we play, I hope our listeners take take away from that is we really dig what's going on at at Minnow and we're excited to have Stephen on the show today. So Stephen, I'm going to let you take the lead. Please give us a little intro um, on yourself and, of course, on your company, Minnow Technologies. Uh, sure, I'd be happy to. <clears throat> Jimmy and Shatsy, thank you very, very much for having me uh, on the podcast. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, my name is Stephen Sperry. I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders of Minnow. Um, Minnow is solving the last mile problem in food delivery, and we'll be talking about that more as we go through the podcast. But our product, the Minnow Pickup Pod, uh, can be thought of like an Amazon locker only designed for food. How's that for quick? Love that. Love that. Efficient. I mean, make, that make, it up, make, it up, make it up for me and Chatsy here. Because I was supposed to go to the bathroom during the intro, but now I don't have time to do that, Jimmy. Yeah, we, yeah, we had that hot mic thing already, Chats. Let's, let's have you wait. Oh, listen, Stephen, thanks so much for the, uh, the brief introduction. I appreciate that. Jimmy, not so much. 
Uh, before we take a real deep dive into everything going on at Minnow, and there's a lot, um, I'd like to learn, I, I think we'd all like to learn a little bit of it, how you came to, to Minnowpod, how you came to starting this. I mean, I got to know you. It's, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, you were a physicist. Am I saying that right? Is it a physicist? That's right. A physicist <laughs> at Boeing. I don't even know what that is, <laughs> but I know what Boeing is because they got planes. So you're a physicist at Boeing. You became a founder of not one company, not two companies, but three companies you've been a founder of, which is unbelievable. I'm still trying to find one company to be a founder of. Can you share a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey that has ultimately led you to the creation of Minnow? Uh, sure, Shatsy, I'd be happy to. Um, so yes, I was a physicist at Boeing. In fact, my original goal in life was to become an astronaut, strangely enough. And uh, as you may know, there are... That I understand. Well, there are basically two ways to become an astronaut. One is you can be a fighter pilot, uh, and the other is you can be a scientist. And so I was taking the science track. I was actually at the University of Washington in the PhD program in physics. Uh, I joined the Boeing Aerospace Company, uh, and I was part of a group that was developing an experiment to fly in the space shuttle. And as it turns out, my entrepreneurial journey really is a result of a tragedy. Uh, and that tragedy was the Challenger disaster uh, in 1986. Uh, when that yeah. tragedy occurred, I remember, I remember yeah, vividly. Yeah, we all sort of remember where we were. It was one of those moments uh, you know, in life where yeah. you just mm -hmm. remember exactly where sure you were. Did. Uh, I was in my car driving to, to work that morning when I heard it on the radio, uh, and it really changed everything. Our uh, program, our experiment we were developing got put on hold. And at the same time, that was the year that Microsoft went public. You may or may not recall that. Uh, and it got me thinking about maybe making That's a big a company today, right? That that Microsoft, they might become something. They they know watch that. We should watch yeah, those yeah, guys. They might, yeah, that's going to be something. Keep an eye on that company. I'm telling you. Steve. That's right. This little little company in Redmond, Washington. Uh, you know, it's a bunch of nerds. Who you know, who knows what they're going to get up to? But anyways, uh, it, it was interesting. And so I decided that you know, rather than wait the five to ten years that it would take for our program to get back on track, I thought I would uh, basically shift careers and and start my own software company. And as it turned out, one of the projects that I was working on at Boeing was to develop a software program that would help the astronauts diagnose problems with this experiment that we were designing. And so I had some familiarity with software. I knew how to program uh, in, in several different uh, languages. And so I left Boeing and sort of, sort of took a, a leap, a flying leap into the unknown uh, and started my first company, a company called Primus. And uh, that company developed software for automating uh, complex problem resolution that occurs inside technical support groups. So our software was sold to companies like Microsoft and Intel and Hewlett Packard and, and NASA and other organizations that were dealing with complex problems. And ultimately that company went public. It was a, a success, although uh, much of that was due to luck, I think. Um, but it was a great experience. I learned a lot. I have a lot of scars on my back. And I just, at that point, became addicted uh, to um, building companies. And I decided I was going to do that for the rest of my life. I got to tell you, I dig that. And after uh, after hearing about your your CV and your your start, uh, not just as a physicist, but with Boeing and then your first company, I'm going to ask, ask all our subscribers, do you guys like apples? 
How do I gem apples? How do you like, yeah, how do you like right? the Sperry's resume background? <laughs> you like our investment now, don't you? Yeah. All right. No, in all seriousness, uh, Stephen, you're a true entrepreneur. Uh, appreciate you sharing that. I don't think we've ever had a physicist, Jimmy. This is like, a, this is incredible. Big news for us. There's something you may not be aware of. It's one of this sort of fun little trivia facts. The most common bachelor's degree amongst Fortune 500 CEOs is a degree in physics. I mean, who would have thought? Shatsy, you were so close. How many credits were you away? How many credits were you away from getting your degree? Uh, as a I was going to say, uh, three and a half years, Jimmy. But uh, <laughs> hey, stay in, stay in school, kids. You hear that? You heard that here. Stay in school, kids. <laughs> stay in school. Listen, all right. We, uh, I want to talk. I want to get into Minnow, and I want to talk about how you got really got started, and and also. This minnow is not a. Uh, we're not. We're, we're still new. We're emerging, but it's not so new. Um, your first minnow, uh, you know, pickup pop prototype, I think, started around four years ago. So you had some iterations, um, as all physicists do, by the way. Uh, take us through your trial and error process and how you finally landed on the product that exists today. Um, and while I know I'm going to make this now a two-part question, which I'm going to take advantage of a. Uh, of, of Shatsy's, so Shatsy's airtime, we also know that Minnow wasn't always called Minnow. So we'd love to share, you know, if you to share with our, uh, our listeners a little history on the evolution of the name as well as the, as the prototype and the company. Sure, sure. I'd be happy to. Um, well, first, let me tell you how I came up with the idea uh, for the company. Um, I was actually living in Portland, Maine at the time when I conceived of the idea for Minnow. Uh, it was a Sunday morning. I was out walking my dog, and I just had a craving for a breakfast sandwich from this bakery called Scratch, uh, which is a really popular bakery in, in the Portland area. The only problem is it's about a 10-minute drive from where I lived. And I thought, you know, I just don't want to get in the car and, and drive 10 minutes and wait in line for 20 minutes and then drive 10 minutes back uh, just for a breakfast sandwich. Um, and I also don't want to use delivery services because, you know, it's an $8 sandwich and I'd probably pay $10 in delivery fees. And that just seems kind of, kind of strange. So, uh, it made me realize there must be a lot of other people in that area of downtown Portland who would also like to get uh, something from this bakery, either a breakfast sandwich or a bagel or a cookie or a pastry or what have you. And if there was only a way that we could all sort of pool our orders and send a sort of a batch order to that restaurant, or to that bakery, have them make all the food, bring it downtown, drop it off at a place, a secure sort of drop-off location where they could just efficiently drop off all that food. And then everybody in the surrounding uh, apartment buildings and, and uh, condo buildings could just come and pick up their, their orders. And that's really where I came up with the idea for Minnow. Um, and the, after that, it was sort of a, a, a what we call a human-centered design process of really sort of building multiple generations of prototypes, field testing, getting people to use the product, observing how they used it. Uh, and in order to do that, I had to find somebody who had that kind of experience. So I partnered with my co-founder, Yana Belfort, who comes out of IDEO. And IDEO, for those uh, listeners who aren't familiar with it, is one of the world's largest design agencies or the company that designed the Apple, the original Apple mouse, for example. Uh, so he had a background in designing hardware that people actually use and can incorporate into their daily lives. And so we began this multi-year journey of iterating and uh, prototyping and field testing and interviewing users, and we learned a lot. So a couple of things we learned, I think the readers or listeners might be interested in, is we learned that you don't want to have glass doors. So if you look at the Minnow Pickup Pod, you'll notice that it does not have transparent doors. 
If you look at any other products in this space, you'll notice that they all have glass doors. Minnow is really the only product in the space that doesn't have glass doors. The reason for that, well, there's multiple reasons for that, but the main reason is that our research showed us that people associate glass doors with a vending machine. And generally, when you think of a vending machine, you don't think of fresh food, right? You look at a vending machine, you see the right. food in there, mm -hmm. and the first question is, you know, how many days has that been sitting in there? Uh, and, you know, this is a system that's being designed for the delivery of freshly made food. Typically, the food is made, you know, within a half an hour of the time it's actually delivered to the mental pickup pod. So it's all about freshness. Uh, and we don't want to do anything that would cause somebody to look at this and say, oh, you know, that's like a vending machine. That food's been sitting in there for a week. So that was one of the things we learned. And we also learned that you don't want to call this system a food locker. Now, that's sort of the standard term in our industry, and we're working to change that. The reason for that is when we asked people what they thought of when they heard the term locker, their answers were things like sweaty gym socks, illegal drug transactions, and smelly shoes. <laughs> or smelly shoes, <laughs> or even smelly other things. Yeah. Uh, it, it certainly wasn't fresh food, right? And so the idea of getting your food out of a locker Agreed. is not something that most people sort of can easily wrap their minds around. So we came up with a new term. We call it a pod, specifically a pickup pod. And there, all, of course, is an association between pods and food. Because if you think of like a pea pod uh, that has little fresh little peas in it. So that's where the, the name pickup pod came from. It's a, it's a way for us to sort of provide a mental association between our product and freshness. I, I love it. Thanks for all that. Um, listen, I think we all can agree that um, off-premise, uh, takeout, delivery, food ordering from your couch uh, is, is, is huge. Especially when it comes to, you know, to food and, and, and ordering and delivery and takeout. Can you talk a little bit about security, access control, and food safety? I mean, there's nothing worse than when you go by and you see bags of food left outside people's doors or their uh, apartments or their dorm rooms. You never know what's going on. Can you just give us a little bit about that? Uh, sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, in fact, that's one of the real value propositions that, that Minnow brings to the table. Um, I think the first thing to remember is that in many cases, we're competing with a shelf or a table where food is simply dropped off. Uh, in fact, we've even seen photos shared on social media of food being dropped off on concrete floors, uh, especially you'll see that at universities. Um, in those situations, there's really nothing to prevent food from being picked up six or maybe even 10 hours later when it might not even be safe to consume. Um, or you could imagine somebody with a food allergy could easily pick up the wrong order uh, with potentially disastrous consequences. So Minnow Pickup Pod solves those problems by giving our customers complete control over access to the food. And the way we do that is through a concept called a pickup window. And the pickup window is the amount of time that an order can be picked up. The default pickup window is two hours, but it can be customized if either a longer or a shorter pickup window is desired. So here's how that works. When your food is delivered to a minnow pickup pod, you get a pickup notification either by text or by email that lets you know, you know, hey, Shatsy, your food's ready to pick up. If you don't pick up within a certain time period, let's say 30 minutes, you'll get a reminder if you don't pick up again after another period of time passes, you'll get a final reminder saying, hey, Shatsy, you've got 20 minutes left to pick up your food. If you don't pick it up, it might be discarded. 
Um, and the reason we do that is exactly what you mentioned earlier, is for food safety reasons. Um, a lot of people don't realize that mm -hmm. food that's left out uh, without being under temperature control, if it's left out too long, it can be unsafe to eat. Um, the FDA recommends a mm -hmm. four-hour pickup window for food that's not under temperature control. Or if, you're, uh, if you happen to be uh, pregnant, the recommended pickup window is two hours. So with Minnow, you can provide complete control over that so that your tenants or residents, or in the case of a university, your students, uh, don't pick up food that's not safe to eat. You know, as I was listening to you guys talk about security and, and controls and safety and whatnot, I know you went to the uh, the bag and, and comp competing with a shelf. I was actually just thinking of all the stories, videos and otherwise of, of you know, people kind of messing around, um, even drivers messing around with a package um, and whether or not, you know, with these part of the industry is fighting back uh, responding with you know, tamper-proof labels. And I love the idea that, you know, it goes from a tamper-proof label into a secure, you know, again, pod. I want to make sure I get off the word locker, but I find that very interesting. You know, I, I think we're, there's so much, I, I think, to peel back on these minnow pods and we're kind of, you know, starting to hit the, you know, the tip of the iceberg. Um, but one of the things that, that we loved about it at Branded um, is that your pickup pods could literally be anywhere. Um, and, and now that you've nailed down, you know, this, this revolutionary uh, technology and, and something that we believe the consumers want, the landlords want, the, 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 the venues want, um, where are you going to take it? Where do you see this product going? Uh, and again, I'm thinking about hotels and real estate and homes, but you tell us where are we going to go with this product? Well, there are a lot of places we can go with uh, the minnow pickup pod. The, the area that we're focused on initially is multifamily residential buildings. And the reason for that is because over the course of the pandemic, there's been something like 80% increase in food deliveries into multifamily residential buildings. And that makes perfect sense. People are working from home. Uh, restaurants are um, in many cases closed or not available for dine-in. So more and more people are ordering for, for delivery. Uh, those deliveries have to go somewhere. So they're going into these apartment and condo buildings and the property managers in those buildings are struggling with managing the increasing volume of deliveries. So I've been in buildings and I've seen tables that are literally piled up with food and the food is actually overflowing uh, on, uh, from the table onto, you know, trolleys and other things that have been set up just to handle the amount of food coming into the buildings. It's not just restaurant deliveries. It's also grocery deliveries. You'll see a lot of Amazon fresh bags coming into these buildings, for example. Um, but it's become a problem. So we, we feel like that's the most immediate pain point that the Minnow Pickup Pod can solve. The next sort of obvious place for the Minnow Pickup Pod would be the workplace, office buildings. So if you think about you know, bringing people back to work, what is it going to take to make people feel like it's safe to come back to the office? Well, there's a lot of things, you know, touchless doors, for example, elevator protocols. Well, food delivery is part of that as well. So the idea of you know, having to go down to the lobby and have a face-to-face -face, uh, handoff with a food delivery worker is really not tenable in the post-pandemic world. So we're getting a lot of interest from office buildings, from corporate campuses that want to use the MinnowPod as a way to provide a contactless and more convenient delivery experience for their employees. Um, beyond that, the applications are, are endless. So I can envision having MinnowPods in uh, assisted living communities, for example, in hospitals, in uh, warehouses or manufacturing plants. Um, you can envision all sorts of applications. For example, when you buy a, a ticket on Expedia or Travelocity and you go to the airport, uh, you can have a meal waiting to pick up from a minnow pickup pod at the gate. 
So instead of having to go wait in line at a restaurant somewhere at the airport, you just grab your food as you board the plane. Uh, we've had interest from companies that do farm share. We've had interest from a company that provides lunch subscriptions to daycare students. Uh, so there's a lot of applications for this technology. Yeah, it's incredible, Steve. Um, you know, listen, our company is called Branded. We love branding. We're big on the whole branding idea with a company called Branded. So we're, Jimmy and I consider ourselves a little branding guys, if you will. Um, and I think the opportunities are incredible. You touched on some, but I think when we talk about branding, you talk about hotels, you talk about airports, you talk about stadiums, universities. I think, I mean, uh, our listeners probably haven't seen the, the minnow pods yet, but they're gorgeous, as you said, designed by um, some of the folks who used to work at Apple. So you can get an understanding of how cool and sleek these are. But I think the branding opportunities, when I think about an airport, you know, uh, you know, maybe you can have it all wrapped up with, with Delta on it or something, or maybe hotels, it could be, you know, Hilton, or it could be universities. Maybe they all say, you know, uh, Boston University all over with the pictures of terriers, et cetera. I mean, so there's a lot of opportunities, I think, from a branding perspective, which is something we haven't even touched on. So so they're actually and in office buildings. They could be good looking. They could really blend into whatever the um, the decor happens to be. Yeah, yeah. that's a, I mean, that's that's exactly the direction we want to take this. So the pod is a physical device, right? It, it, it It's there. It's viewed every day by people who walk by it. You put it into a high traffic location, it's going to be seen thousands of times a day. Um, and it has advertising potential. So, you know, for companies that want to get in front of users with, with respect to ordering food in particular, so whether it's a digital ordering business uh, or a delivery service, you know, to have that sort of physical reminder uh, every time you walk by the pod, that's, that's got a lot of value. Um, the other sort of branding potential the pod has is for restaurants and ghost kitchens. So if you think about them, you know, the pod could act sort of like as an uh, as an outpost, like a mini restaurant or a mini ghost kitchen. Um, mm -hmm. It takes up less than three square feet of floor space. I mean, they're very, very compact. They're designed to go anywhere. All it requires is an electrical outlet. That's it. It can be installed and up and running in under 30 minutes. Uh, and it was designed that way intentionally because we recognize that many of the places where the mineral pickup pod is going to go were not designed for a system like this. And so you can't go in there and say, hey, right. you know, we need 20 square feet of floor space and you got to rip out a wall or something like that. Um, and other products in the space, uh, you know, are, are you have a pretty large footprint. They're pretty heavy. They often require a, a lot of uh, renovation work to be done to sort of retrofit them into the existing space. Right. Mm -hmm. right? So whether sure. the, the pod is going into an office building or it's going into a restaurant, it's designed to sort of be plug and play. Uh, yeah, I love it. I think you're you're spot on with uh, with that idea of a lot of times you think of things and you have to, you know, build build something around this, whereas this is is perfect to fit into something that was designed and built, you know, before we kind of came into this revolution of of food delivery, et cetera. That's right. And, and if you think about restaurants, especially, I mean, every square inch of floor space is at a premium. So you can't go in there and expect that, you know, you'll just find uh, 10 or 12 square feet laying around that's not being used. Uh, and the same is true of office buildings. If you look at an office lobby, every square foot of that lobby has been programmed. Uh, and so the idea of being able, you know, putting something into that lobby that is going to be sort of used in a functional way, in this case for food delivery, it has to not only be functional, it's also got to be beautiful. It's got to fit with the decor of the lobby. And so, you know, the, the, the kind of, uh, again, to use that sort of term we don't like to use, food locker, 
that, that has sort of sort of an industrial utilitarian functional look is just not going to work in many modern workplaces or residential buildings. You know, thanks for that, Stephen. And, you know, to wrap up, you know, our, our Q&A here, you know, you've built this incredible product. People love it. Businesses love it. And quite honestly, Brandon loves it. Um, but what are you focusing on now as we kind of come out of the pandemic and in a post-pandemic world? And what is next for Minnow Technologies? Uh, well, that's a great question, Jimmy. So in the long term, our mission really is to transform the way people get their food. Um, the, the food delivery model that we have today is very costly and very labor intensive. And because of that, it works best when you're ordering food for two or more people, because then you can sort of spread the delivery cross, cost across a larger order value. But that means that there's a huge chunk of the markets that's being underserved. And namely, that's the market for individual orders. Most people are simply not going to order a $10 sandwich and have it delivered because the delivery cost could equal or even exceed the cost of the food. So we believe there's an opportunity to make food delivery more efficient and less expensive by making it look more like package delivery, where many orders are delivered on each delivery run. In order to do that, you need to have something like the Minnow Pickup Pod to provide an efficient, secure, and convenient drop-off and pickup experience. So Minnow is part of that solution, and we're working with other companies that are also addressing the last mile problem in food delivery so that food can be more accessible, more affordable for more people. You know, and thanks, Steve. As we were digging into to Minnow, you know, our observation, we, we, we categorize or we look at you as part of the last mile solution, but really thinking about you're the last, you know, three feet solution. Okay, Jimmy, I want to go to the last foot. Last foot. My last three feet, last foot. But again, you know, you talk about efficiencies. And what, what I found somewhat interesting and maybe even ironic is that the convenience fee that comes with the handoff from delivery driver to myself as customer I find to be incredibly inconvenient because I now have to time um, that handoff, uh, receiving the handoff. And quite honestly, the delivery person wants to make as many deliveries as he or she can. So they yeah. don't want they don't want that convenience fee. And it's not convenient. I have to think about leaving a meeting, racing downstairs, meet the driver, stopping a call, meet the driver. I got to tell you, to me. The convenience of that is not convenient. I'd rather go into. Yeah, I'm in the middle pod. of my Netflix, yep. Jimmy. I'm watching my show, and then I get a buzzer that my food's here, and I'm in the middle of my show. I do not want to go yet. Yeah, well, Shats, your kids are going to not quickly, not going to go downstairs to get your food as fast as you want them to. So, yes, you really do need this for your family. Okay, we've exhausted that. But, but again, I just want to highlight, we think this is the last three feet, and Shats, he's, he's going like six-minute abs. Six-minute abs. He's shut it to, he cut it to. If one, it's the last mile to last. Foot, Jimmy. All right, I'm going last 10 inches. Okay, we'll stop there. All right. Um, in, in terms of this next segment, it turns out that while we started the hospitality hangout because we wanted to talk to people, we think people wanted to hear us talk to people. We also found out along the way that our guests, um, they wanted a chance to speak and our subscribers really liked the questions they asked. So, but with that trial and error of our own, we've created a section called Talk Back, uh, Talking Back, where we offer our guests a chance to ask us anything. Nothing is off the table. Stephen, you get the mic. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. So you guys, uh, this is a probably an odd question, but um, you remind me of Click and Clack, the Tapper Brothers. Do you know who those guys are? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My question is, are you related? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> 
Are you secretly brothers? I'm just happy that you didn't go with the with this with Lenny and Squiggy. I I feel we get Lenny and Squiggy a lot, and neither of us want to be either Lenny or Squiggy. Although we definitely respect the, that 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 show of which we really just dated ourselves. Um, so I don't I do not believe we're related. Although we do subscribe to a theory that it takes a village, um, and we do believe in diversity. Uh, to our community that we're building. And that's not just uh, the roles people play, the responsibilities they play, the, the experiences they've had. Um, but we really try to subscribe to a view that, that if you're going to have the, the nerve or the, the audacity to think you're going to help a company go from idea generation all the way through potential disruption, of which, Stephen, you know, we, we really do center a lot of our, our, our thinking around this, the CEO and his or her, you know, ability to to take this vision. Uh, but I have to say that 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 if we if we remind you of other people, it's because neither Shatz or I had original thought since 1992, and we've probably taken all of our <laughs> material from somebody that's a lot more famous and successful, and now we just adopted it as our own. But that's that's yes, my thought. I was going to say if there was no show, if Seinfeld didn't become a television show, I'd probably have not much to say. I think the more your kids watch Seinfeld and rerun Shatzy, the less funny they think you are. That's my thinking. They now realize totally you're agree. basically just riding off Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. But but there you what go. Yeah, they're like. Dad, that was on Seinfeld. Is that all you have to say? I'm like, pretty much Mel Brooks or Seinfeld. That's all I got, guys. All right. I'm going to jump into our next segment, the crystal ball moment. And the reason why I get these two scripted segments and Shatsy gets one, as you're about to hear by uh, hear by Shats next, is he gets the best section. So yes, um, yes. he drafted first. I got second and third. That's how we played. Anyway, crystal ball moment, a chance for all of our guests to put on their Kreskin and Miss Cleo uh, hat and predict the future. Uh, so, Stephen, how do you see restaurants and dinings? Let's go two years out because the speed of this transformation, I think two years out is an eternity. But how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to really hospitality, but but a heavy emphasis on delivery? Uh, well, that's a really great question, Jimmy. You know, I think if you look at the trend lines, you're going to see more and more restaurants uh, taking on delivery uh, for, for themselves. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the, the current delivery model is just very labor intensive and very expensive. And a lot of that burden falls on the restaurants. You know, they have to pay very high commissions to these third party delivery platforms. Um, and so I think there's going to be opportunities for restaurants to deliver directly to customers, uh, especially customers in denser urban areas where delivery logistics can be handled more uh, efficiently and more affordably. Uh, so I think that's one of the big trends. You know, obviously the ghost kitchen trend is going to continue to accelerate. Uh, people are going to continue to uh, uh, want the convenience of having food delivery. Um, they may be eating out less than they were before the pandemic and having food delivered more. And that's just going to sort of bolster the case uh, for, for ghost kitchens. And then I think the third sort of potential trend that we might see is that you know, over the course of the pandemic, something like 100,000 restaurants went out of business, which is really a tragedy. But in, in many of those cases, those restaurants are going to be resurrected, maybe under new ownership, but they're going to be resurrected. And, and uh, in those cases, those restaurants are going to, in many cases, want new equipment, uh, new technology to bring them sort of up to speed with the current uh, state of the industry. And that's going to create opportunities for companies that make food service equipment. It's going to create opportunities for companies that sell restaurant technology, uh, including many of the companies uh, that branded partners with and companies like Minnow as well. So mm -hmm. I think that's a big trend. We're going to see a resurgence in, uh, in restaurant uh, over the next sort of two, two to three years. Uh, and that's something that's, I think, going to be very exciting. 
That's awesome. And uh, mark our calendar. Stephen will be back with us the same day in two years, and we will see uh, how he did on his uh, <laughs> predictions. And he is a physicist. I don't know if we mentioned that before. So he's incredibly uh, smart. So I would I would bank that he is probably correct. Uh, okay, now, as Jimmy said, this is the best segment. It's not just because it's my segment, but really uh, the feedback we get from thousands of listeners all over the world say that it is the best segment. Uh, and that's that's a fact. So <laughs> thousands and thousands of emails thousands I get daily all from over people the saying the branded quickfire is the best segment. <laughs> Steven, I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. Don't think too hard. Just give us the first answer that comes to mind. It is the best segment. Uh, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What is your all-time favorite game show? The Price is Right. With oh, Parker. Yeah, baby. Good answer. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? Uh, Yummy Cafe, a Chinese restaurant about five blocks from us. Nice. Your favorite food city in the world? Oh, hands down, Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine. Boom. Loyal. Yes. When travel resumes to complete normalcy, where is the first place you want to go? Portland, Maine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I can enjoy some of those fantastic restaurants. Yeah. If you were to challenge Jimmy or I to a game of who wants to be a millionaire, who would you have the better odds of beating? Oh, my gosh. I don't think I would beat either of you guys. Uh, but I guess I would challenge Jimmy. Ooh challenge jimmy that would yes. be interesting look at that jimmy huh <laughs> I, I think Ooh, i think he chose i think he chose that because he, he'd like the challenge the key word that he wanted to he wants a challenge uh ah, what's the beat so you're saying that he would clean he would just wipe me off the floor you know if he wants to beat on a, on a fourth grade uh level he, you know he's gonna he's gonna choose shatsy but a challenge if you said I, who do you want I, pre I appreciate that i appreciate that you want kevin for the fourth graders you that's really uh wait, not pc jimmy well isn't that the show who's you know what who's smarter than a fourth well, I think grader a fourth, is it fifth yeah. grade or a fourth grader i thought it was fourth grader if it's fifth grader well, I doesn't matter. all right listen <laughs> steven we appreciate you uh, so much for spending time with us on the hangout. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing the show as, as you and, and, and our subscribers know. Um, but we greatly do uh, value what you do for the community and the industry that we love. And we appreciate your hard work and the team's hard work really as a great ally uh, to the industry. Um, if you want to get in touch with Steven directly and talk about Minopod and uh, Minnow Technologies and, and what he's doing in the space, uh, we would be happy to connect you. But we'll ask you to email us at podcast at brandedstrategic.com. See, Shatsy, when, when you know the yeah, email Jimmy, address. Also, I, I just <laughs> want to mention, there was a, uh, a special offer that Stephen uh, has given our listeners today. I'd like to bring that up, if I may. Uh, please do, because neither Stephen nor I know what that offer is about to be. So, uh, no, 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 no. There was no, Stephen called me privately, texted me, DM me while during this podcast. Uh, he's got 100 minnow pods that he is giving away. To the first 100 callers, he, is, he, he was shipping them out to your home, and you will be able to install a minnow pod in your home if you call right now. On uh, Jimmy, can you give the 800 number? 
Yeah, I'm going to give you your cell number. It's uh, <laughs> That's what I'm doing, giving out your cell number for that. I tell you what, we might make some Minopod t-shirts that I think we could have some fun with. And I might say, I might make this offer really live and say, if you email us and say you want a Minopod t-shirt, uh, Brandon is going to get some fun oh, stuff so done. We, we love our swag. It's not the whole Minopod, it's just a t-shirt, Jimmy? Well, I, I think it just became a t-shirt that I'm going to put on your personal credit card since you made this special <laughs> offer. So, so it's a, Shats, this ain't no timeshare, man. You own this. You own this promo outright this is yours all right listen to our listeners uh while we greatly appreciate our guests we also want to thank you we know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there so the fact that you tune in with us um we think is tremendous and the fact that our subscriber count is is just growing tremendously uh tells us that uh you know something's going right here and we're going to keep doing it for as long as uh, as long as we can um i do want to highlight you know please join us uh for the next time as we will welcome me with a big one we had a big one well then this was a big one but but yes next coming up is our friend well, this, is, this is probably our smartest guest we've ever had and most educated guest we've ever had I'm sorry, talking about Solomon Joy. Okay. I mean, this guy is. So basically, Shats, this is all ploy just so you can announce the next guest, which you just did. Yes, our next guest will be sorry our friend, our friend, and our partner, and the founder uh, and CEO at 16 Handles, uh, Solomon Choi, uh, a tremendous uh, professional who had a vision for the self serve uh, yogurt and, and made it happen. And it's really exciting uh, to happen. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast um, so you don't miss out on exciting guests or things we're doing in the future, like spontaneous these t-shirts offers a t-shirt offers that chats will be paying for uh and better yet invite a friend to hang out with us the next time so so until then this is jimmy frischling your finance guy uh thanking mr steven sperry from minnow and passing it to my boy mr shatsberg thanks jimmy and from shatsy the restaurant guy thank you all for joining and thank you steven this was a fantastic uh, episode thanks so much thanks everybody